The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Manifest, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this TV show. And joining me today on the panel is Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hey, Father Andrew. I thought you were going to, you know, say joining me on the flight today. (laughs) Prepare for takeoff. Buckle (laughs) up, folks. This is a good one. Uh, Yes. Before we get started, folks, remember to like The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on Facebook, where we're at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Uh, retweet us. We're on Twitter at SQPN. We're on Instagram at StarQuest Network. And leave us comments wherever you find us and share those posts and help us grow our audience. We are always trying to reach more f- folks. And you're the number one way we do that. Uh, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Stargate. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Stargate. So we are talking about Manifest. This is a show that originally aired on NBC. Started, uh, the first season, it's been it had three seasons so far. The first season came out in t- 2018. Uh, there was a second, uh, that went to eight, 2018 to 19. There was a second season in 2020, a third season in 2021. That was canceled by NBC, uh, but it went to Netflix and blew up. People discovered it. Uh, it became the number one streamed show on Netflix for a while. So I, I just want to jump in and say yeah. that I was part of the Save Manifest, Save Manifest uh, Twitter Twitter <laughs> campaign. Yeah. So I would like to credit uh, my like three tweets for yeah, why yeah. the show came back. Great, that's good. So. I, I was an original watcher. Like I I watched from the pilot. I was I was hooked mm-hmm. uh, by the premise myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, um, the, the reason that I got into it was I, I, I'm a big Once Upon a Time fan. So oh, Josh yeah. Dallas plays mm-hmm. uh, Prince Charming in Once Upon a Time. And so this was his next role was yep. was to be was to be in manifest and so kind of following him on social media it was like oh there's this new show about a plane that time travel oh it's time travel I'm so in like <laughs> anything with time travel I just love. It, and the thing is, I'm a big um, fan of uh, Lost. Uh, so seeing the premise of a plane that disappears and weird stuff happens, I'm like, yep. oh, I'm back into that. Yeah, I mean, that's, yep. that's right up my alley. The, the, the thing that I'm hoping for is unlike Lost, I hope that Manifest gives us a more satisfactory explanation and conclusion. I was not entirely thrilled with where Lost <laughs> decided to yeah. say was was where things all went at the end okay I, this is we're not this is not a last podcast we'll be talking about <laughs> how this compares to last but i my short answer to that is i listened to the podcasts that damon lindelof and colin cues the showrunners did at the time so you know early early podcasting yep and i think having listened to their discussions of the show all the way through they didn't like come out here and explain the ending but i i was i had a satisfactory uh, experience of the ending unlike okay. most people i i know i i i i recognize that but <laughs> i should i should go back but there i guess there there was so much that i wanted i i love mystery but i always feel 
at the at the end, the finale, the climax, like I, I want to know I want to know what the mystery is. And, yeah. and there was just so much that they just didn't explain. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and and as a as a fan of mystery, but I but it, I just I, I kind of wanted I wanted more. The so even Abrams like this, I, 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 yeah. I think that's part of like our, our quizzical, you know, curiosity, scientific mind is we want to like understand things. And yeah. when we can't fully understand it, it's like, uh, I've been threatening to do another podcast called Lost Again, where we revisit the original Lost. And I may that may happen someday. I just I think if I go back to it, I will be <laughs> I will be I will I will like it. Um, um, I'll, well, I'll like it all over again, but I'll probably yeah. be happier with with where it goes. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about manifest, though, because and uh, let, let <laughs> yes. me give let me give a quick uh, summary of basically where the show starts. I'm not going to summarize all three seasons right off the top, but let me get to tell you how it starts. So there's a the flight Montego Air Flight 828, not a real airline of course because mm. they don't use real airlines when plane crashes no one would uh, fly montego air <laughs> exactly uh, while traveling from jamaica to new york city experiences some severe turbulence and when they land uh at the airport at newburgh new york not at one of the big ones but in newburgh new york the planes 191 passengers and crew learn from the the there was an nsa deputy director there robert vance uh, he's there from the first episode that Five and a half years have passed since they took off from Jamaica, uh, during which time, of course, they were presumed dead, that the plane had gone down and they were they they were dead. Um, And so as they rejoin society, they have to figure out how do I reclaim my old life? What has changed? What have I lost? Which is kind of funny because this predates the Avengers Endgame blip, which we maybe should talk about that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And. Uh, so their lives and their loved ones are not in the same place that they were. And they also begin to, and then, then the really weird stuff starts happening and they start getting callings, uh, experiencing voices and visions that they end up determining are some supernatural or, or extra natural, uh, guidance and other, and then other weird stuff happens. And we can talk about that as we go along. Uh, do I about cover it? Yes. Um, <laughs> this is one of those that I mean, yeah, um, I think big, big things to to. I mean, I, maybe we'll just kind of get there as we kind of talk through it, because yeah. it, um, the, the I think definitely people who are listening, um, hopefully if you watched the first three seasons and of course it kind of ended on some major cliffhangers. So we're all kind of anticipating what's right. what's coming next and we don't know. Um, and there are some overarching plot points that that we will um we'll get to so yeah i think in general you know that that's 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 the premise and yeah we can get into some some yeah. details as we go along and i i should have mentioned one of the big reasons we're talking about this now is uh the day after this episode drops the net netflix is is uh releasing the first part of the fourth season of mm-hmm. of manifest uh the first 10 episodes will drop and then they're going to drop a second 10 episodes of that season later at some point. Um, so Netflix is now doing this thing where they're not releasing everything at once, but they're kind of doling it out a little bit. What's, what's cool about that is, is originally it was a, um, I mean, I think, was it originally supposed to be a six season? I think it was originally supposed to be a six, five or six. I think it might've been five. So I think I remember, I, I remember five, but I could be wrong. I, th- 
I so so I, I I'm I'm thinking that I remember it was supposed to be six, and what they're doing with this final season four is they're having ten episodes as part one, ten episodes as part two, which gives them basically two seasons, right? To kind of contract and and compress the the remaining story. Yeah, because the Netflix um, season is basically ten episodes. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't ever hardly ever get anything longer than that in on a Netflix right. show. Um, so right. that's that's basically get, they're getting two more seasons uh, and 20 episodes is, you know, they, they had they did 16, 13 and 13 in their NBC yeah. seasons. So there was they, it's not like they had a lot there. So Well, and, and with with uh, having it streamed Netflix, if they do anything like they did with Stranger Things, some of those episodes were like two hours long for one episode. Yeah. So it's possible. so, so yeah. we could we could see fluctuations in, in time limit and and i know that they did compress the story somewhat and and uh the, the 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 writer was talking about um just online in talking about the netflix you know revival and it kind of forces them as the writers group to be very conscious about hitting all the plot points that they want to hit and doing it in lesser Good. episodes and have less filler i felt like season three around the middle it was getting a li- it was dragging it was mm-hmm. getting a little fillerish, uh, mm-hmm. and I was I was starting to be honest. I was starting to lose interest, um, and I didn't even finish watching the last two episodes until I found out that Netflix season the season four on Netflix was coming. <laughs> I'm like, if it's can- I get this thing if I, if a show gets canceled in the middle of my watching it, I sometimes just lose hope if I know like there's no point in watching more because mm-hmm. I'm never going to get to the end of the story, uh, which is so weird. Well, you never mind. It, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when I found out it's, I, you know, we might get, we're going to get more story. Oh, now I'm back in. And to be honest, the last two episodes were pretty darn good. Uh, they mm-hmm. they actually advanced things to, and brought us to an interesting point, which we'll talk about. Uh, but, uh, and, and yeah. I think, I think it's, it's cool to point out too, that NBC canceled the show. Netflix declined initially to pick it up. Yeah. And it was the 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 fans and the fact that then uh, manifest seasons one two one and two and three I think yep. over the summer were released on Netflix and they hit they they broke all sorts of records right and then Netflix on August twenty eighth eight to eight <laughs> announced that they were reviving yeah. reviving it for season four which which I think is definitely the 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 win win situation here because they even talked about. They could have done it in a, the or finished the story in a movie, but they would have had to have really have crammed stuff in. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really glad that it's a two part, twenty episode Netflix kind of yeah. finale run. I mean, there's this is a conversation to be had about how, what this says about network TV, the uh, and the power of the audience over, yeah. in the, over the past. I mean, audiences even in the past have had the ability to. <laughs> impel networks to keep a show alive a little bit star trek being a famous one season yep. three of star trek but in the past five or six or seven years it's really mm-hmm. like the expanse is another example of a show that was done wrong by its original network i forget which one uh and then ended up on sci-fi i think it was or was it no no it was on sci-fi done wrong ended up on amazon prime on a streaming service after the fans clamored for it and the last two seasons were fantastic, you know? Yep. It's so. crazy. I mean, I think of even like Sonic the Hedgehog, like the initial CGI of that was so terrible. And yeah. the fans, the fans made it known that they didn't like it and they redid it. And yeah, the, yeah. The, just the, 
you almost don't think that, that we have that sort of power, but ultimately, I mean, they're making things to entertain us. And if they're going to make something that we don't like and don't pay for, they're going to lose money. So right. it, it does make, it does make sense. And there's often or almost always someone on the inside who's advocating the same thing. And the, the force of the fans mm-hmm. is, is his ammunition or her ammunition to get, the powers that be to change course. I am certain that the, the people in charge of the, the FX at, on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie also weren't happy with the quality that they were being forced to put yeah. out. And so that was their, their leverage. I think, yeah, I think it's really true that the, the audience does have power and not, you know, and we can influence how our sh- favorite shows or, or franchises go by be by being vocal about it and mm-hmm. not, not like completely negative. I mean, in fact, I think negative, you, you know, setting aside the Sonic the Hedgehog one, but in general, basic negative or just bland negativity. If, I, it's, if right. that's a term, like some, some people are, hate, are, you know, Star Wars haters. We hate the Disney Star Wars. That's just mm-hmm. sort of blanket hate, hatred. That's not yep. specific, critical, um, it, you know, uh, criticism that's constructive. So I think, but I think positive pressure is as even more powerful. I think I think this is a whole podcast topic for, for a separate time. So <laughs> so I, I just want to say say one thing about it. And I, and what I didn't mean is that like we as the audience have the power to dictate the story. Yes, because because that would be wrong. I I I I want to be surprised, and I want the authors and the writers to have the to. I want them to tell the story that they want to tell. Right. I just appreciate having power as a as a watcher to like say, "Hey, I like this." Yes, please, keep making this. <laughs> please keep making this. You yes. know, I I'm not I'm not up there saying, "Oh, I want the story to go this way or that way." Um, right. And that's what some people do, and that's even the Star Wars haters. You know, it's it's I yeah. can I can understand where they're coming from, but it's it, the Star Wars. They want the story to go a certain direction. That's right. And that's why they're that's why some of them are. Yep. But again, we yeah. should. <laughs> but we're talking about manifest. All right, let's get into it. So yes, the 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 flight is eight, is flight eight two eight, and a big part of at least in the early season, the first season, uh, they made a kind of a de- a big deal about the fact that it eight two eight and um, Michaela and Ben Stone's mom who dies while they're gone, which is a, a plot point of the mm-hmm. first season. Her favorite verse. Uh, in the Bible, and because she, she's a religious, faith-filled person, uh, I think they're Catholic, probably, but they might not be. I don't know if they if they were. I'm trying to think. I I sort of always just got the impression that they were Christian, and that okay. like especially Ben, of course, is sort of. I think he claims at some point to be either atheist or agnostic, right? But then has because that that becomes a, a theme. Like he has to grapple with is this divine, and he's trying to figure it out scientifically. But right. um, she she's definitely. I I always I've always seen her as a. Um, a good model of a faith-filled Christian, whether right. Catholic or just uh, yeah. non-denominational. I guess not super important, but the but her favorite Bible verse was Romans eight to eight eight twenty eight the, mm-hmm. the the flight number, which is we know that all things work for good for those who love God who are called according to His purpose, and that's not just a oh it's going to work out sort of thing. I think that I think that verse is key to understanding manifest because this is at the root of what Ben, especially Ben and Michaela struggle with throughout the series, which is, are we, you know, who there is a, there is a, an an intellect behind this. There is a will behind what's Mm -hmm. going on. We're being directed. 
is this a good person or a bad person or persons behind this? Um, And they're being called according to a purpose. And so this verse is sort of the hope that what we're doing, they are stepping out in faith and faith is the word faith and the concept of faith is brought up a lot in this episode, usually in the broader sense of just faith in general, not specifically religious faith, but in, but also that's, it's in there, but, They step out in faith that what they're doing is for the greater good, even against opposition and all kinds of things. So I, I find that very Mm -hmm. interesting that that verse is kind of sits at the center of what's going on. And I wonder if it's intentional. I I think it is because, well, I think one of the questions that they want us to continue to ask, and we of course still don't have an answer is, yeah, who is this intellect behind the callings? Is it God as we understand it? Is it, Yeah, aliens. Is it you know? It's always um, aliens. It's always demons. Always demons. <laughs> is it? So I mean, so so definitely the the is it God is is meant to be a question always at the the back of our mind, and they they grapple with that mm. um, because there 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 comes a point where they start following the callings and. You know, like the, that first episode, they Michaela discovers the the abducted girls, you know, right. and rescues them. And so, like, there's this immense good that results of it. And so th- she starts thinking that if you follow the callings, they're they're prompting you to do good in the world. And then there comes a point. Uh, this is I um, season. I want to say this season two. It must be season two when when she encounters the the methods. Yeah. Because she she is like all the way up until that point convinced that that we have to follow the callings. They're doing good. You know, they're saving lives and they're um, fixing wrongs and, and whatnot. And she doesn't want to disobey the the callings. And then she encounters the methods and she gets a calling that specifically tells her to let them go. Yep. And she disobeys the calling because she, she well, she assumes that it means let the methods go. Don't bring them into custody and arrest them. Right. And so she arrests them instead of letting them go. And and that leads to Cal's abduction. And so she's she's, you know, blaming herself because she should have let them go, because if she let them go, they would have died in the explosion of the, the meth house. And so they they definitely are playing with that, whether it are the callings inherently good or are right. they bad? Who are they from? <laughs> right. Because the callings and, are not an unalloyed like there isn't always good that results from them it seems hmm. like of course you know we, we, you know uh sometimes it's hard to divine the you know god's plan for things and sometimes what looks like god letting bad things happen is not right it, it's it's according to a, a a larger plan but nevertheless there are times when it seems like the callings are almost malevolent uh they there's the methods suffer consequences for failing a trial and we'll talk a little bit more of that in a bit but it's mm-hmm. it, it the, the so the callings are a bit ambiguous in their yep. nature um, i i think i would i'm not sure what i want them to be do i want them to be god calling them like explicitly god uh will i be disappointed if it's merely i don't know magic some wizard you know or something um or or like esp or something mm-hmm. um, Good question. I've I've inherently being, of course, Catholic and and yep. kind of we we have this uh, um, inherent ability to relate to this because when we are prompted by 
that voice of conscience, that voice of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, I should really act. I should really say this to that person. We know that if we follow those, they might not always lead to, to good results initially, but we know that if we follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, it is going to lead us closer to God. And, you know, and that's good for, for us and the people that we encounter. And so from coming coming from that perspective, I always have that mentality and think if I had a calling like this, I want it to be from God, <laughs> because yeah. if it's not from God, then who am I following? I'm following this alien or master manipulator yeah. or whatever. And I tend to think that uh, it it's going to be some conglomeration of all of the above because they're pulling in not only the Christian idea of God, but also Egyptian mythology and, yeah. and, and like, so I, I don't know if they're sort of going for like, yeah, kind of take every culture's idea of God and make it one. Yeah. Or, like, and, and then part of me is like afraid if they do make it God, it's not going to be the God that I know as revealed in <laughs> Jesus. And so I'm going to be disappointed. So maybe I do want it to be some magician who's like, yeah. or aliens. you know, manipulating everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you were aliens, then it's just aliens and, you know, right. we're back to basic sci-fi. But yeah. But what's what's cool about it is that it that it, no matter, I guess, who's ultimately the one in charge of it all. It it echoes real life, real experience. Yeah. Because we have all, even, even if you're not Christian or you've never really thought about it, we all have those kind of promptings of our conscience. And we all kind of know, like when we see someone in trouble, like, oh, I should really do something about it. And then when we do it and we save someone, you know, there's, there's the, 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 the gratifying feeling of, of helping out, you know, our fellow mm-hmm. human beings. And, and I, like, so I think we all ultimately are seeing the good from this and, yeah, I guess kind of, uh, I always put myself in their shoes and and I would, I don't think I would get as crazy as Ben, but (laughs) I would, I I would, I would follow the, the, the callings for sure. You know, it, it, it's, you know, I would hope I would be, you know, I would hope my, I have a well-formed conscience. I mean, that's what, that's the Mm -hmm. prerequisite to being able to follow it is that your conscience needs to be well-formed. I like the idea that it's sort of normalizing the concept of, following a prompting to do good um, mm-hmm. because we all have not necessarily supernatural visions and, and voices, uh, but we all have a conscience. We all have the natural law written on our hearts that prompts us to do right. That little voice of the Holy spirit, however you want to think about it, but it's in there. We all have it and we all need to be listening for that. And so I like that this show normalizes people going to extreme lengths to do good. Mm-hmm. You know, they th- th- when when they get the call, when Michaela gets a calling or Ben gets a calling or Cal or whoever, they 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 go overboard, sometimes quite literally to do the, to do what <laughs> yep. needs to be done. Uh, I like that. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I have I have I am not at all able to come up with an example of a calling that that said do something morally wrong. They're, they're like the the let the let the methods go. Yeah, was not a morally intrinsically bad act. It was it was the wrong from a legal perspective and from right. a, but it, like the act of letting them go would have been morally neutral. Yes, yes, and might have actually been mercy that would prompt one one or more of them to right. To so see, I like yeah. I, I've I, and that again tells me that it's a benevolent source now correct me if i'm wrong it's been a while since i watched that season but did the methods themselves not get sort of like anti-callings 
like they did they not get supernatural promptings but to do evil they they got callings after they were resurrected and their yeah. callings um were leading no actually they they were getting callings to um to their coach from from junior high and high school to out him out as a drug dealer. Okay. Um That's and right. but but the one the the the, the bad one, well, the, the most bad yeah. <laughs> of the bunch wanted to go and kill him. Okay. That's right. Whereas That's right. the other the other two sort of felt drawn to him and Michaela came and you know so she was going to she she arrested him and you know there was justice there but I think I think they all got callings to 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 fix a wrong. But right. I think the bad one just wanted to fix it by killing instead of fix it by doing something right. Yeah, right. But a good, uh, a bad means to a good end of, right. of fixing. You know, um, that brings up the whole, the whole, the three, the, we call them the methods because that's what they call them in the show. And they didn't, they didn't <laughs> yeah. give them another name. And, you know, so we call them the methods. Um, but so they, they die under the lake. They, they fall through the ice at the end of, I think at the end of season two, or I forget what it was, but they fall through mm-hmm. the ice. And they're resurrected like 84 days later, just like the 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 people from Flight 828 came back mm-hmm. after a period of time. Like they they disappeared under the ice. They weren't their bodies were never recovered. Right. Um, we should we should probably let let's back up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give kind of because this is a this is more of a plot thing versus a um, philosophical discussion. And, and so to right. to maybe to to help sure. get our minds around it, especially for the listeners, um, because I think this is going to very much lead into season four. Um, yeah, the whole idea is that the the flight eight two eight you know disappeared, reappeared five years later, and Ben and Michaela and the whole group are wondering what to do and what's going on, and then we encounter various characters who slowly reveal what's going on to us as the audience and to Michaela and Ben and the group. The first one being Griffin, who is in season one, mm. because he he he's part of a he steals money, he kills his accomplices, and he drives the 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 um, vehicle into the river and then he's down there for three days and they finally and of course they can't find him for three days he disappears for three days and they pull him out of the out of the river after three days when he reappears and magically he survives and has no no harm done to him and he then also starts to receive the calling so Michaela understands that the same thing happened to him that happened to them on the plane and she tries to get him to to use his callings to do something right. And so this is again, one of those issues of, of what, how are you going to respond to the callings? Uh-huh. Because he has a calling about a bomb threat. Right. And he responds with, he's going to use it to um, get, get a, get a, he, get out of jail free card. He's going to use it as leverage to, to not have any um, charges brought against him for stealing this, this money and the murders. So he's using it for a selfish reason, which then three days later, he drowns in above ground. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> was really difficult to watch the first time that I watched that. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so it, it, so it points out initially, at least to the characters is that if you don't follow the callings, this is the consequence is that, that you will die the way that you should have died when you disappeared. So then we go into to, um, season one, season two with Zeke who disappeared for a year in a cave in Northern New York. Right. 
And so same thing. He's he's having these callings and Michaela's helping him reconcile with his mom. He's uh, reconciled with with various people. He had um, a druggy friend that that he kind of reconciles with. I forget that whole plot point, mm. but he he does he does what's necessary to reconcile with people and follow the callings and following the callings ultimately leads to the end of season two, where he saves Cal's life in the frozen lake where the meth heads go into the lake yep. and they disappear. And Zeke lives. He he passes He's, what they call the death date. Yes. You you have, when you come back, you they figure out you have as much time to live as you were gone. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So actually, and that was June, June 22nd, 2024. Yeah. Is the passenger's death date, so to speak. Right. That's when they so, expect to die. Yeah. Yep. So I, I I expect if if the original plan had worked out, the final season, the finale to, would have fallen on June twenty second, twenty twenty four. Yeah. That that was exactly my what I was thinking they were doing. And Netflix may drop the final ten episodes on June twenty second, twenty twenty four. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, so so you have Griffin who disobeyed the callings and dies. Zeke obeys the callings. He lives. And then we have the meth heads. The three. Um, brothers who go into the lake and then come back in season three and they prompt this whole plot line of, they also are receiving callings. Two of them are able to reconcile with people and do what's right. The, the bad one doesn't. And ultimately when they hit their death date, they think that the two um, who reconciled are going to live. And they realize by looking at this Egyptian mythology of a test. And I, I forget all the Egyptian gods and whatnot. Yeah. If one fails that test of, of following the callings, everybody in that group dies. So then all three die at that point in season three, which then leads into Michaela and Ben and the whole group knowing, okay, all passengers on the airplane, we're all linked in one lifeboat. If one of us fails the test at the end, we all perish. We all die. Yeah. And so I think that that is going to, I mean, that that's Ben's kind of, <laughs> he's prompted to save the lifeboat and he's starting to do it in very extreme ways at right. the back half of season three. And of course, whatever season four lays before us. Because of course his son, Cal is, you know, in that mm -hmm. boat. And so he's trying to save his son. And, you know, Cal is an interesting character in this. He's sort of a linchpin character. So he's a, mm -hmm. he leaves as a 10 year old boy, I guess he is. And with terminal cancer, um, and so he, his um, Grace, his mom and his twin sister, Olive, take a different flight uh, out of Jamaica from their family vacation. Michaela, Ben and Cal are on the 828 flight. And so it's interesting. He's got a twin sister, but she's five years older than him when when they come back. And he's got this terminal cancer that he's being treated for by another one of the passengers, Dr. Uh, Sanvi. Um, mm -hmm. and. Ball, Sanvi Ball, yeah, and um, but he seems to have he seems to be a the most important of the passengers. He gets mo more of the callings, more intense callings, and uh, he interprets them. He has better understanding, perhaps, of them than other people do. Um, he's more um compelled to 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 answer the callings. So it's interesting, you know, and a child shall lead them. I mean, he's. Mm -hmm. He's this interesting character. And meanwhile, mom and dad are like, um, no, don't do that. Don't go off and don't do like you. We're trying to protect you. And, you know, and by the end of the season three, I'm like, look, 
listen to the boy. <laughs> when right. people's teeth, I mean, how long do you have to go before you start listening uh, to the boy? Uh, but uh, yeah, people refuse to listen to Cal or Ben uh, by the end of it when they've been proven right over and over again. But Cal is a very interesting character. I, I, I kind of fascinating. I think it, it 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 helps that or I, I, it reinforces the the idea too. I guess that um, just the the as a child he's got that. Uh, I don't mean this in a bad way, but sometimes children just have greater openness to uh-huh. the wonders of the world. Sure. And, you know, and, and so he's he's and that could be why they affect him deeper is, is that he's he's able to see things that we as adults kind of we lock ourselves in our scientific worldview or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and we're just not open to it. And 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 yeah, there there's <laughs> let the let the children come to me and do not hinder them, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and Cal. Well, I'm I'm still just kind of blown away for for the end of season three. I don't know if you <laughs> wanted to, to go there just yet, but well, Cal's story is coming. Yeah, I want to I want to end on our the end of season three and our speculation for season four. But I want to kind of jump back. So they lose five years, and that that's a big yep. deal. I mean, to lose five years of your life and to come back and five years have passed. And I mentioned earlier that's that's sort of the plot of Avengers. Infinity War and Endgame, like mm-hmm. the blip, people disappeared four or five years. They make it five years in that too, uh, which is around the same time. It was 2019. It was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, that the, they were there together. Um, what would it be like to come back and try to reclaim your life? And we see some of the characters, like you know, people whose spouses got remarried uh, or mm-hmm. died in the interim or. Uh, you know, we've seen characters who they're they they're, they have no job anymore. Their job has been given to someone else. They've their house is gone. They have their they have no place to live. And I mean, I I, I mean, I imagine if if I came back and my kids are I've missed five years of my kid's life, and my wife is five years older than she is now. I mean, that's that would be traumatic. I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, it would be traumatic. It, it just like it's hard to imagine. Yeah, I think I think the show does a, a really good job of trying to give the two perspectives. And I think you see it most with Ben and Grace. Yeah. Where and especially their relationship, because for Ben, no time has passed at all. And and he kind of wants to just come back and pick up right where they left off, because for him, no time had passed for him. It was just coming back and picking up and everything's normal. Right. But then he had to kind of to to learn to kind of see things from her perspective that she had, she had lost him for five years and had, had been depressed and of course um, find solace in, in Danny um, and, and Danny kind of becomes a, a father figure to Olive who lost her father. And, you know, he's kind of got to, to, to realize it's not his fault that he wasn't gone for that, that he was gone for five years, but he also has to realize that, that she's, five years different and 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 it's 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 a it's a fascinating sort of kind of thought experiment of of what what would you do in that kind of a situation and you know for some of them it it works out really really good it's um and for yeah some of them you know losing houses or losing loved ones or you know that's that's uh all just human things that that you (laughs) you have to deal with i can't imagine what it'd be like to go out for the day, come back tomorrow and find my wife with another guy. And uh, by the mm-hmm. way, Grace was pregnant with 
Yeah. I think they determined it was Danny's baby, right? Or did they? No, oh. no, it's um, she uh, they they determined that it's Ben's baby because she starts to have callings because of her pregnancy. Oh, and right. that can only happen if if Ben is the dad. Right, right. This which I am. Genetic. I am so thankful. I I did not want some weird love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, Danny ends up uh, leaving the situation, but yeah. Ben tries to be loving. And I mean, it's an interesting situation. How best can he love his wife, who is now in this difficult situation? He tries mm-hmm. to give her space and tries to, you know, be accommodating to this thing that would tear me up inside, and I'm sure was tearing him up inside. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, how sometimes the best way to love someone is to is to, you know, not walk away, but, you know, let them be for the moment, you know, mm-hmm. um, despite mm-hmm. the pain it causes you. Um, so um, we were going to talk about we talked about before. Uh, so if say Ben and Grace were Catholic and were married in Catholic Church. How, was she technically cheating was she technically cheating on him by dating this other guy uh let's not get into whether they were you know uh extramarital right. act- activity uh that's clearly would be a sin but say she was just dating this other guy mm-hmm. when when ben is gone she's not committing any type of sin because obviously it's she it, you know by any reasonable standard he's dead <sighs> right <laughs> yes uh so it's it's funny because uh i'm studying canon law right now and with this this not this exact conundrum came up in class but uh-huh. we're looking at impediments to to marriage and um so from from a legal canonical perspective actually she is not free to enter into marriage even though ben disappeared Oh, interesting. So because this this is what's interesting about it is um, one of the impediments to, to entering into a marriage. And actually, this applies. Um, this would apply to a non-Catholic as well, because marriage, we recognize the marriages of, of two unbaptized or two non. Um, That's true. Uh, yeah. Non non-Catholics. Right. Uh, if they're baptized, if one of them is Catholic, uh, they're bound by canonical law. But. But even like if two unbaptized people get married, we recognize that as a valid marriage. Sure. Anyways, so any any two people who who um, enter into a marriage and it's presumed valid, um, neither of them are free to enter into another marriage because they have what's called a prior bond to their first spouse. Um, in Latin, this is called legomen. So they, they have a legomen already in place. And the way that, that the law is written out um, is that... If there is doubt on the the potential death of a spouse, they are still not free to enter into marriage. And so I'm going to read the, the canons here just because I, I found this really interesting. This is uh, canon 1707 paragraphs one and two, if you want to look it up. But it says uh, it says this uh, whenever the death of a spouse cannot be proven by an authentic ecclesiastical or civil document, which in this case, there wouldn't be any documents that prove that he was dead. Oh, I guess there would have been sort of. Okay. Anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. You just finish reading that. The yeah. the other spouse is not considered free from the bond of marriage until after the diocesan bishop has issued a declaration of presumed death. The diocesan bishop is able to issue issue the declaration mentioned in paragraph one only if, after having carried out appropriate investigations, he attains moral certitude of the death of the spouse from the depositions of witnesses, from rumor, or from evidence. 
the absence of a spouse alone, even for a long time, is not sufficient. Okay, so that I mean that would cover the guy going out for cigarettes and never coming back. Okay, correct. But, uh, but I'm pretty sure even in the show they say that death certificates were issued for these people. That okay. If an actually, air, I think you're right. If an airplane never lands like if you know these people were on the airplane and it no one sees and it flies over ocean and never land look kind of like the what was that um plane that flew out of indonesia uh several years ago and disappeared over the indian oh, ocean yeah, yeah yeah you know it's presumed i would think at some point you say yeah i mean where where could it be like mm. <laughs> that, that and death certificates get issued and uh, you know, everyone kind of moves on as if, but okay. this, this actually, there's a reason this sort of canon law exists, not because time travel, <laughs> but in right. the past that this sort of thing happened where guys would you sailors mm-hmm. would sail off, not return home for 10 years and then show yep. back up again. And it, they, didn't, they didn't have cell phones and they didn't have the internet back then. Exactly. I think it mm-hmm. was it uh, Davy Crockett famously uh, went out one, you know, one day and never came home, was presumed dead, and then came home to find some other guy married to his wife. You know, yeah. the famous Davy Crockett story. So, so definitely at least then, um, and I think you're right about the death certificates in the show because she she had um, insurance that she had to pay back. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I th- you're right there. So, but but definitely then from a canonical perspective, um, the fact that he's not dead and came back means that she was never free even if she yeah. she would not have been culpable for um you know engaging in a new relationship because she had yeah. no no reason to think that he was alive but that bond i'm going to argue that because it never ceased for ben because he he yeah. did, I, it you know she he skipped 5 years but I'm in in my mind. I'm saying that that bond existed even in the five years that that she experienced without him because he oh, never yeah. died. Well, because the bond can't go away and come back. The bond is either there or it isn't right. there. So, right. Yeah. It's only it's only dissolved by death or there are a few f- certain rare exceptions where um, the Holy See can dissolve it. But that's that this doesn't fit any of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, for like she didn't marry Danny, but no. other passengers spouses did remarry and in those cases those marriages would be invalid from a catholic mm-hmm. standpoint yep. um uh, which man. and in fact probably i mean even legally they would have had to have figured it out because you have yeah um it's it's interesting because even legal law you have there are annulments in legal law yeah. which most people don't even realize apart from so even legally yeah. there yeah even even legally there would be this weird <laughs> of course, with the death certificate, that would probably just kind of Oof. wash over everything and say, yeah, the, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting to think about from all kinds of standpoints. The show raises all kinds of interesting questions mm-hmm. um, that about how we would deal with such things. Uh, and but certainly that the moral and ethical standpoint related to the marriage and family. Uh, so a couple other things that are. The plot part of the plot of the show is when the A28ers come back, people have various reactions to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people are treat them as you know celebrity curiosity, but other people become super fans. They get like fan clubs and 
uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Some people are afraid of them. They think that they're demons or that they're part, part of an alien conspiracy or a government conspiracy. Or there's some kind of big cover up. Some people think that, you know, they might be aliens, but in a good way <laughs> or um, yeah. they treat them as religious uh, icons or leaders or prophets. And in fact, one of the passengers, Adrian, ends up founding the Church of the Return, uh, which is. I mean, it's kind of understandable that it's a this miraculous event in a way. How do we deal with it? How would like how would we deal with such an event? I think people would react in these varied ways to such an unexplained mm -hmm. circumstance. If you if you encounter someone who is presumably died, been resurrected, you you well. Yeah, <laughs> I I wouldn't become fanatical about it, but but it would be tempting to to yeah look at them as either angelic or right in touch with God in a way that that the average person is not. Yeah, they don't get into it, but like it makes you think. Like, how would the church approach this? What would the what would the Vatican say? What would you know? I mean, what would what would the church church's response to such an event be? I mean, it would. I, my guess is it would be awe. It would mm -hmm. be sort of reserving judgment and we need to learn more, but we, we trust in God and his mercy and that there are miracles all the time that, that God brings about. I, that's exactly what I was going to say was, is yeah. that we would, I think we would look at this as, as exactly that a miracle because it breaks all known laws of physics as we can understand them. Right. And we have examples of miracles that break the laws of physics as we know them. And yes. And so the church, I think, would look at this and say, God is the one who who ordained this. He's the one who kind of who put it into motion and yeah. and made it happen. And we don't understand it and we may never understand it. And def, I mean, even the, the core of this Church of the Redeemed is the miracle. In fact, they, they kind yeah. of. Um, I, I, I wrote these down and it's just kind of, it kind of gives me the creeps a little bit because it's a <laughs> distortion of the, the beatitudes, but they have their, their, their kind of the beatitudes of this church. And, and they say, you know, blessed is flight to eight to eight, the vessel of the miracle. Blessed right. are the returnees, the purveyors of the miracle. Blessed are they who are, who are left behind for they shall be brought to the light. Blessed are they who serve for they make the light shine. And, like, uh, I mean, the whole thing, of course, is, is meant to be a bit of an exaggeration and a mm -hmm. bit over the top as any drama, any good drama does. Be, sure. But it highlights points and it highlights truth. This this is how some people act. Even the the uh, the airplane kind of symbol in the back of the church is is vaguely reminiscent of a cross in the way that it's kind of laid mm -hmm. out, you know, and it and it's just some people. This is how they would react to someone like that and just. Uh, be become kind of yeah fanatical cultish um, about it and and even that with the one guy Gabriel I think is his name where he like tries to set up this situation where he's gonna burn the burn the the club the down yeah with the whole idea is that like the they're gonna have another miracle <laughs> and like uh, we can clearly see like oh my gosh he's crazy but there are people out there who sort of do that who, right. who will. Like, oh, the irony is that a miracle does occur through the callings that saves everyone. Mm -hmm. In fact, the irony is he brings about exactly not exactly, but kind of yeah. what he was what he was aiming to do. Um, yeah, it is. It is. 
you know, in a, it's interesting where manifest comes from in 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 the society we're in, which is increasingly secular. Yeah. Um, in, in we, I, I'm curious. Like, I know how I approach it as a Christian. How do people who are uh, who are have carry no particular faith, maybe agnostic or even atheist, how how they would approach this sort of idea? Well, how would you explain it? In you know how mm-hmm. how would you put this in your worldview? And you know, it's a drama, it's a TV show, so it's fiction, and people yeah. probably just dismiss it as a, as a good story. And it's like magic, you know, in Lord of the Rings, you know. So <laughs> whatever. But you know, it. it when people of a particular viewpoint are confronted with something that completely undermines, potentially undermines that viewpoint, they can react in unexpected ways in lots of different ways. And I think that's, I think the show does a pretty good job of depicting that. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good show. It's not a perfect show. It's it's not, it, it's not even up to my, to my mind up to the level of let's say lost was, uh, but it does a good job within the constraints of, basic network TV that it has of kind of addressing some of these while also being an interesting drama that has a mystery at its heart. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I think it, I think that's, I think it's, it does a pretty good job of depicting how the different ways people react to this, um, this, this circumstance. Yeah. It, it, it forces, I, I like because it, I think you can look at the characters and you can relate to the different characters maybe at different points in your life, or, you know, someone who would react like they would Yep. because this show purposely wants you to ask the big questions. Is this God? What is God? You know, is there a benevolent entity that that's guiding everything? Is there such a thing as free will or, oh, you yeah. know, are we, in fact, that's the free will versus determinism is one of the the interesting points. You know, are we all robots that are just programmed to follow these things? you know, or, or not. And you're, you're meant to ask those big questions. And then you have people in the show, the, there's one lady on the plane itself that, that is sort of talking about a shared consciousness as an explanation for it. So she's, she's coming at it from kind of a scientific, even paranormal, but not supernatural explanation. And so you've got the supernatural explanation, you've got a paranormal explanation, you've got the people who just don't understand it and therefore are scared or these are a threat, you know, the eight to eight haters, the Xers, I think they are right. Yep. The Xers, because they were, they were marking the houses with, with X's and because they, they assume that they were, they come to destroy the world or something. And so they, they, they're scared of the unknown and, um, or you've got the people who think that they're angelic and miracles and they just, they just want to touch you. And, (laughs) you know, you've, it's, we all, if we haven't been in one of those positions, we all know someone who's, who's been in that position or who's asked that question, who's, who's looked at the world that way. And, so I, I appreciate it because it forces us all to kind of take a step back and say, well, how do I think about this? Right. And not you know, only about the show, but about our world. Yes. A good, well, any good work of literature, which is just kind of a visual literature, uh, makes us think about the world around us and about, you know, that's kind of what we do here at StarQuest is, you know, look at the, these things, these works of fiction and see how they make us look at the truth and the reality of the world around us. And, I think the show does a good job of that. You know, speaking Mm -hmm. of people reacting, uh, you know, a really good example is uh, passenger Angelina, who's a young woman, like a teenager who whose parents are religious fanatics. That's how they're portrayed in the show, who react very negatively 
to they she, the the daughter was on the plane, but they weren't. And so when she comes back, they what do they cage her up? Um, yeah, in they their lock house. her like in the yeah. Because the basement think, or in a dark, yeah. yeah. They think she's possessed or something like that. And there's this poor girl who herself, she was a believer. She was a Christian. She, you know, loved Jesus at the time. And this messes with her. And she ends up getting rescued by Ben and Michaela um, and get, goes to live with Ben's family. And then she kind of loses it a little, <laughs> more than yeah. a little, um, and becomes obsessed with them. Um, she, she, she thinks Cal is a new Moses. And so she wants to be his new Aaron. And then she becomes obsessed with Grace's baby and calls him her guardian angel. And then she says, like, sets fire to the house at one point. Yep. Yep. And I mean, she and then she starts like doing um, the whole uh, becoming Olive, like the, the daughter that, that, yeah. that, you know. Assuming that, her identity. That, that I could totally understand from a purely human <laughs> perspective of a, a, a young girl. Um, in fact, even, even a young boy, I, I, this is not gender specific, but yeah. feeling lost and alone and gravitating towards someone and wanting to be them because they, they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they see that other person having what they, what they want. And, and so, yeah, um, all of, all of had her, um, um, she had a boyfriend. She had the family. Yep. She, yep. Yep. Well, and, and and yep. Yeah, a family that so you know Angelina's family rejected her, and now yep. but but Olive has a family not only embraces and is is a really close nuclear family uh, that supports each other, but they believe what's going on. They they have not rejected mm-hmm. because of the callings. Her Angelina's parents made her made Angelina feel crazy, and yeah. Grace and Ben are not do not make Angelina feel crazy because they, you know, they, they can understand her. And um, you mentioned this and I don't know if we want to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but I also do really appreciate that, that Ben and Grace have been such a strong family and shown, shown that on TV. I mean, yes, they had, they had issues. Yes. There was sort of a separation, but there was never Ben isn't portrayed as the, the man who's, um, just stupid and like you right. know a dutz because he's a guy right you know they both have issues and they both have come together and they both are do- trying to to do what's best for their family and be that loving nurturing family unit right yeah and he's also not so obsessed that he neglects his family and that sort of thing right uh, that, right that would be another way that that could undermine it um so I want to, there's a couple other points I want to bring up in season. Well, from the beginning, there's a whole government conspiracy thing. Like, so the, how does the government react to this? And naturally some people in the government want to exploit it for whatever purposes, for national security purposes, or whatever. We have this character of, she's called the major. She's a major general. She's not like a, a major, major, she's a major general um, mm. who is manipulating behind the scenes. And it seems what she's trying to do is to take these abilities that they see the passengers exhibiting these visions, the callings, and wants to exploit them. And it made me think like so that they could weaponize and have, you know, on command, being able to see visions of things far away or in the future, which made me think of Project Stargate in remote viewing, not not Stargate, the TV show. But there was an actual uh, project by the U.S. military back in the ni- 80s and 90s, early 90s, called Project Stargate, where they recruited people who had paranormal abilities, apparent paranormal abilities to remote view to see things at a distance sort of like 11 and stranger things to see things 
far away or, uh, you know, or even bit in the future. And, you know, whatever you believe, there are they report having been able to do certain things and see certain things that aren't explainable by normal means. If everyone's telling the truth here, um, so you, Jimmy Aiken has uh, talked about this. He and I have talked about this a lot on Jimmy Aiken's mysterious world. So there are a number of episodes to go to, to look at. If you want to learn more about this, just, you know, go to sqpn.com slash mysterious. Look for episodes about remote viewing. Um, yeah, there's plenty there. So I just thought it was interesting to see like, I wonder if they pulled from that. I don't think they ever mentioned Project Stargate by name, but it seemed like she was trying to recreate this remote viewing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it's plausible to me that this would happen. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fantastic. And of course, that's why she was after the 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 Holy Grail, which was Cal, because Cal Cal is able to see things before they happen, not just sort of have right. a kind of a, a, a current uh shared reality experience like some of them have but he would he would see things because even Cal wonders do I cause this to happen if I draw it out on my in my notebook right and Zeke has to kind of point out like no draw draw a pot of gold and you're not going to get a pot of gold it's yep. he's just seen things before they happen and that's exactly why the major is searching for him which i mean makes sense from a from a national security standpoint but of course like anything like this we all cringe at the 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 uh, immorality of the way that the government is is yeah. is going about testing and harming people and not several, caring who gets in their way. And, yeah, several different points in here. The different people who represent the government are doing bad. Now, Robert Vance is sort of on mm-hmm. on the passenger side. He's the NSA yeah. guy, but uh, but there's a lot of other people, including that uh, one Dr. Gupta. Just funny. My my physician, yeah. is do- his name is Dr. Gupta. So I just think it's funny. But um, <laughs> there's a really nice scene in the season finale of the yeah. third season where she finally, the coin drops, she finally gets it. Something convinces her that she needs to listen to Cal. So that's a really good moment in that. Yep. Yep. So there was, yeah. there was, okay. Um, uh, no, I was just going to say, I, I love, I love the twists. Like, yeah. You know, you think Robert Vance is, is this just, stuck up government guy and then and then oh actually no he's 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 on the good side and then of right. course he dies so to speak and then comes back thankfully he was but not he, supernaturally he <laughs> right right yeah he was he was just saved and yeah dr gupta um i i loved her character and then and then yeah to to see someone with such a harsh science only kind of mind anti-faith even yeah 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 and it was like pointed out to her that that where she would look in the sky in a certain constellation where she just always assumed her grandmother was in heaven when she was a little girl, when her grandmother right. died, that yeah. was like, that was like the diagram that Cal drew and was pointing out where they needed to, to return the tail fin at the end of season three. And yeah. And that was like, it just, there, I, I love it because there are just things like that that happen in our world too, where it's like, this is way too coincidental to be anything but divine providence. Yeah. Right. And right. and that the coin drops for us, too. And it's like, uh, yeah. That, and, that, and that's faith. That's that's that's, that's where faith. faith is found. That's right. Uh, so Noah's Ark shows up in a way in this. Um, they, they get a piece of Noah's Ark. The NSA does for their testing. They're trying to test the recovered parts of the plane that they've got. Uh, the plane landed, but then blew up. Um, on the yeah. tarmac unexpectedly for some reason. Uh, and then for some other reason, we still don't have an explanation for the tail fin was found in the ocean where the plane. Well, we sort crashed. of have an explanation. We, we, it, it sort of implied that, that because Sanvi 
experimented on herself and removed her genetic marker that allowed her to to receive the callings. Receive the callings. Yeah. It was implied that that caused the tail fin to to resurface, and like that had to be corrected. So, like, I think, like, they put the so they had to bring the tail fin and put it back in the ocean, right. and like that caused Sanvi to then regain the ability to receive callings. But of course, why is the tail fin in the ocean in the first place? Since the plane that was that's what I was getting at was like for some reason the tail fins in the ocean uh even though the plane landed in New York and blew up on the tarmac but not next to the in not near Cuba where the tail fin was found right um, after having been in the in the water for five years like it was yeah so we've got still got a mystery there we got to figure that one out um but we have Noah's Ark a piece of Noah's Ark that they they're testing because they're saying that there's some similarities something some events around Noah's Ark and the flood are somehow related to or connected to the, and then they had this funny whole thing about the, the Vatican being involved in, in it which was <laughs> you and I were both cracking up about that when that happened <laughs> yeah you see the triple uh, tiara and it's like oh this is a uh, yeah Vatican box and there's something cool there and yeah yeah um, their explanation for the, <laughs> I, I love how people who are not in the church how like especially in, in tv and movies they have this idea of how the church must work this super like very organized and like anybody who's ever worked in the church knows <laughs> we're we're far from super organized we're we're a mess we are a divine institution because we must be to have survived 2000 years in this kind of mess <laughs> the holy see is is in italy and yeah. it's Italians and <laughs> yes. they like their siestas. And yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, things get done, but it is nowhere near the, the, right. high, the highly organized organization they think. Uh, but it's interesting to tell the story of Noah at, at one point at the end of season three. And like, oh, so Noah cursed the people and that's what caused the flood. Like, so no, it's Noah's uh fault that all this bad stuff happened after the flood and i'm like does god have no agency uh, in this like god like no it's not god noah's fault it is it, i mean even if noah did curse and call down god to flood the world unless god wills it it ain't happening <laughs> i think they pointed out that that like i think that was all of like she found a different version of yeah the story because obviously if you read in in our christian bible that's not how the story goes right but you also have like all sorts of different flood accounts and all the the uh, the mm-hmm. literature of the ancient world too. Yes. So, so they're sort of still drawing on that too. But yeah, there was that one that sort of it, it mentioned Noah kind of specifically as as the cause. But yeah. I, I think that's that's I think that's just made up for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so there was something having to do with like in the season three about sapphire, and you mm-hmm. were, you mentioned like because they keep yeah. seeing sapphire glowing. Some of them have sapphire glowing in their hands, and yep. Yep. So, so that was that was one of the things on the on the the arc piece or the um, Noah's Ark piece is that they mentioned that there was sapphire dust or there was something with sapphire on it, and they all got excited because Doctor Gupta and I think she's the one that points it out or Sanvi points it out that sapphire is always connected to um, divine divinity um, to the divine. And I, I don't remember if they find Sapphire in Ben's hand when it's glowing and stuff. They might have. I, I don't remember. But but the fact that sat there. So there again, there's more of these divine connections. And so I I did some quick uh, biblical uh, scouting and Sapphire in the Bible is there. there's kind of there's four major points where Sapphire is mentioned specifically 
and they all have to, to to relate somehow with with God and the divine. So the first one would be when Moses encounters God on Mount Sinai. It mentions sapphire underneath underneath God as he gives um, him and the elders the, the Ten Commandments. And so this is Exodus twenty four, uh, chapters nine through eleven, and then also uh, the the priestly garments that the priests would wear. Um, and service of the, the the temple, and in fact, at that point, it was um, in the, t- the meeting tent and the ark of the covenant. The the priests, their garments were made out of part of their garments. Their breastplate was made out of sapphire, and this is Exodus uh, thirty nine. And then Ezekiel, the prophet, um, in his calling, he sees God seated on a throne of sapphire. So this is uh, the first chapters of of Ezekiel. And then finally, John sees Sapphire in making up the stones of the new Jerusalem in the book of Revelation. So this is uh, Revelation uh, chapter 21. So, yeah, you see Sapphire in. in, So in scripture is associated with power, like God's power, divine power, that divine uh, authority, even, you know, because it's throne and that sort of stuff. So very Mm -hmm. interesting to see it there throughout there and they, i mean I, they, my guess is they the, the writers it's good to see that they went to the bible and mm-hmm. found this stuff i mean they, they must be familiar with 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 and it's and it's it's rare and it's beautiful i mean it's not just gold or silver they specifically went down the sapphire route so yeah interesting that was interesting. that was intentional and i'm curious where they're going to go with that because that will be an interesting um so uh, speaking of where they're going to go, we should probably get to the end of this season uh, and talk about what we might expect coming up. Uh, so uh, at the end of season three, we we have um, they they determine that uh, Cal, who is suffering like these awful burns on his body, uh, is telling him that the tailfin needs to go back in the ocean. No one at the NSA project examining it will believe him and Ben and Grace and uh it's Anvi, uh well vance does but dr gupta won't believe it and so finally in the midst of all this he just says you know what uh i'm i'm i have to convince him the hard way he goes and he puts his hand he touches the fin and disappears and you know so we don't know what that means and um so they just they decide okay the only way to get him back is to drop the tail fin in the ocean um which the uh, Sanvi and Ben do. Ben, Sanvi falls overboard. Ben goes to rescue her um, in the in the act of of dropping it. And Sanvi seems to have been redeemed at this point, right? She gets her calling mm-hmm. ability yep. to do the calling back. Meanwhile, yes. um, there's a group of eight to eight passengers. There's now a split among them, and there's a group of them being led by Adrian and this guy Egan, who are. Uh, rejecting Ben Stone's leadership, and they think that um, that th- th- there's an internal division between them. And Angelina is with them. She goes back to the house, the Stone House, and steals the baby, and apparently kills Grace. Like she stabs Grace. I think she's yeah. dead because by yeah. the end of the episode, she's staring blankly like a dead person into space. I'm 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 pretty sure she is officially dead. Okay, and then Cal apparently Cal, a teenage yes. boy yep. who's years older now shows up and says, you know, it, it says goodbye to his mom. Um, so but he's five years older, but he's five teenage years older. Cal. And the, the other thing that happens at the end of this episode is as the tail fin disappears under the ocean, under the water, um, 
back in the the lab where uh, Dr. Gupta is, she's like the last one there. Uh, she turns around and sees the pilot of the plane appear in the cockpit of this decrepit, you know, burned out shell of the plane for a second. The poor, and then he and the plane disappear. Okay, so and that's where the season hangs on the cliff. So what do you he think? Looked like he yeah. looked like he was on a roller coaster. Yeah. Like he appears and he has this complete like shock look on his face and then like says, oh, no, or something as if he's going down another hill and then just disappears. Right. Again. He's going to go back to wherever he came from. So what do you think? What's what are we what do we expect? I mean, do you think Cal is now the same age as Olive? Yes. Like, like regained the five I think, years? Uh, yes. I. Uh, I have no idea how to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the showrunners do. <laughs> um, right, right. Because in, in essence, it's the same thing. Yeah, I like I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it because you have things like the tail fin that aged five years and reappeared. And that the whole point was to put it back. Right. And so Cal now disappears and reappears five, five years later, but he didn't, he didn't appear because something went wrong. He right. disappeared. Like, I don't know. He touched the tail fin and I don't know. I, I <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, I mean, I, I, that's, that's one of the things that I love about it is that I love a good mystery and I love, yep. um, and I love good storytelling. That's going to give us a, not just a an answer, but one that's like a satisfying answer. And so I, I kind of have high hopes for, for where we're going because I, yeah. do you think the show is, know. the show is going to be different because it's Netflix now and not network. Yeah. TV? I, I in general, I think it's going to feel the same. It's going to look the same. I mean, thankfully all the same actors were able to come back. Uh, I know there was a, there was a potential Zeke wasn't coming back, but he was able to come back and, and uh, you know, full time and everything. So uh, to be honest, and I, and I hope it doesn't really go down this road, but there's the potential for more profanity than That's network TV profanity and another stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. More violence and maybe more sexual content. Possibly. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure they'd go down that road cause it's just not that kind of a show, but it's not. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I would expect a little bit more profanity and a little bit more violence. Hopefully not too bad. Cause I like, I don't, I don't think you need that stuff to make a good show. Yeah. You can, you can show, show enough to make it, make the point. And that's, uh, do you think it'll get darker? Like, like a Stranger Things? Like, Stranger Things has gotten darker yeah. as it went on. Um, do you think it'll get darker? Well, if this is sort of the <laughs> the penultimate uh, season, yeah. it would make perfect sense for this to be the Empire Strikes Back before the Return of the Jedi, where, uh, yeah, this, this sort of goes... It would make sense that this season will... Well, I think a number of things, of course, with Grace being killed... Yep. We're going to have a darker Ben and, and I've seen right. lots of, I mean, he grows out a beard and so they call it his grief beard. And I mean, so they kind of make, make light of it on social media, but Ben is going to be in a really dark place. And I think okay. we're seeing, we're going to see the aftermath of that. I, I know from what I've heard, there is a time jump from the end of season three to where we pick up and whether I think it's like a year to a year and a half time jump. Okay. So I know we're still going to see the, the kind of the outfall of, grace's death um and then of course cal's reappearance mystery and 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 all of these things 
so I think I think it definitely will be will be darker. And then, yeah, I think I think um, I think it'll take off again <laughs> into the finale. <laughs> take off. Um, <laughs> that also would prob- probably means that the baby that's been kidnapped yeah. um, will not be recovered by in that year, year and a half time frame. And that's an interesting thing, too. Yeah, I I I I don't know that. I <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Angelina's just kind of she's she's on my bad list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um yeah, just even for the cringy way she tried to evangelize and <laughs> share her faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, say hey, share your faith, that's great, but it was like very uh it's very stereotypical of cringy uh, Christian that the way they d- depicted it. Right. Um but then also just she she's an example and and of course uh, she she would have gotten it from her parents too is the 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 extreme um fanatical christianity that that isn't that isn't good yeah cuz she balance. she is choosing yeah. yeah she she is she is using her assumptions on you know yep. the 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 uh, um eden being a guardian angel to justify kidnapping Right. You know, to 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 justify moral evil or even, you know, to be in with the guys who were planning, you know, Violence. these moral yeah. moral evils. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's interesting uh, to see, to think of what where we're going with this. But uh, I, I have no doubt that the moral relig- and religious uh, themes are going to continue. That's mm-hmm. that seems to be a part and parcel of this show. So uh, I'll be curious to see. Where we're going. So we have the the titles of the next 10 episodes and they're dropping, like we said, November 4th. I do like the puns that they, they use. They use aviation terms for all the almost all the titles. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think all the titles, uh, they're all aviation um, related. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. Yeah, just but uh, it, it's it's interesting. So in any case, um, I think that about does it now. Uh, no, so there, one, 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 one more question. Oh, what is it? Are you uh, Team Jared or Team Zeke? Oh, Zeke. Team Zeke. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 are you Team Jared or Team Zeke? I mean, I feel bad um, for Jared, but. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I have to fall into the realm of uh, Zeke and Michaela entered into a valid marriage. Therefore. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, I, 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 we're, we're going to see drama there. They, they're, they're clearly playing that up a little bit on the fact that, you know, I think, I think Michaela, well, if Michaela only entered into marriage with Zeke because she thought he was going to die. Yeah. We'd be a grounds for an element. You, I would think. You, you <laughs> could argue that that could be well, but, but, but maybe not because she was going to, she was planning on being, being with him till death uh, did them part. But yeah, yeah. Death just didn't happen as quick as as, as uh, <laughs> she was thinking, right? So, right. <laughs> so yeah, I I mean definitely I'm I'm on the the road of uh, yeah I feel so bad for Jared and of course in season one you were sort of rooting for Jared and and yep. uh, Michaela and then Zeke comes along right so I just I know that they're gonna they're gonna go there well, so we're we're gonna see more of that and now Jared's with the major's daughter so there's that. Yeah, but not really. I mean, he he clearly is holding out that that Michaela's gonna become available again. Yeah, yeah. Because he even he even says at one point, I think, because Michaela was involved in the cover up of her of the major's death, that yeah. he he can't tell that to her without like causing all sorts of awkwardness and needing to break up. 
Right, 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 right. That's true. Well, yeah. So anyway, Team Zeke. Zeke all the way. <laughs> all right. So let's wrap it up there. Uh, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including Whitney C., uh, Faker Mage, Michael L., Caitlin F., and Matthew D. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. We would love to hear what you think of Manifest, especially what you think is going to happen next. Uh, that would be very interesting to hear from. Uh, let us know by commenting on the show uh, at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page or send an email to secrets at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Until next time, Father Andrew, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Manifest. Absolutely. Can't wait till next week. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of movies and TV shows on StarQuest. Quest.